0: Good morning, this is Mike, and welcome back to Driving Theology. I'm trying out a new mount for my mic because uh, slowly over time I've been breaking my mic stand little by little to the point where now I can't even trust it to hold my mic in my car very well. So I have rigged, (laughs) uh, -rigged. (laughs) jerry-rigged, is that the right word? Uh, a uh, microphone stand and it's a little closer to my voice uh, but it's well maybe not actually because it's above it's above my head somewhat but it is more out of the way. It used to kind of protrude uh, out into the front windshield just a bit but where it is now I doubt I will have a problem knocking it as much as I did where it was by my right hand. Remember, I'm in Japan, and so uh, the steering wheel's on the right side, and I had the mic on the right side. There's this handle uh, that uh, is attached to, kind of, between my driver's side window and the front windshield. There's a, a post, right, uh, in every car, I suppose. Uh, anyway, that's where the, that handle is, and I've been attaching the mic there, and I continually would slap it with my right hand um, and that wasn't good but now that I look at the mic placements I probably won't hit it as much but it's bouncing just a little bit so we'll see how it does uh, when the recording comes out but anyway my name is Mike this is driving theology and uh, this is my quirky little Uh, invention of recording as I drive to work Uh, speaking off the cuff and usually without much of a plan and today that is certainly the case Uh, I do not have a plan about what to talk about Um, so usually what I do is 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 talk about some of the things that are going on here and some of my experiences through the last week and uh, Yeah, actually, as I just say that, uh, there's some themes that are kind of popping into my head, so uh, themes that I've talked about before as well. Anyway, it's uh, raining here today on this Wednesday morning. Uh, It is um, probably uh, rainy season time. Uh, They're saying that this first wave of rain that's coming in which is going to last probably a week to 10 days is probably the forefront of the rainy season which they're saying is like two to three weeks earlier than usual now i don't know i'm not sure what that means of course the in some sense the weeks and months and days that we have uh given time uh, are somewhat arbitrary. I'm sure there are um, ebbs and flows uh, of patterns that, that uh, happen in the earth that don't adhere to our, our um, categorization, uh, categorizing of time, which is quite possible. Uh, and then you add in uh, climate change and, uh, you know, those kinds of things, and just, you know, who knows what's going on. But anyway, we're having a lot of rain this week. Um, probably, uh, right now it's barely raining. It's In fact, I don't think any rain is falling at all right now, not right this second. Um, but it has been raining on and off for two or three days which is kind of a bummer because I've been really into mountain biking as of late uh, and uh, off-road riding specifically uh, single track, trail, downhill Um, and when it rains like this, especially in a forest like Japan which has a pretty good canopy uh, things don't dry out and uh, with all the trees there are lots of roots and those roots when they get wet are really slippery Uh, so, this rain makes mountain biking all the more difficult. You can't quite achieve uh, the speeds that you would when the trail is dry, and uh, also you don't have the confidence that you had, um, in, in my case, had up, built up over the last uh, several weeks uh, and actually more like two or three months of mountain biking. I've been getting faster and faster and stronger and stronger and more and more confident on the trail which is nice but now that this rain sets in it's going to be hard to uh, keep my chops up so to speak Um, but I did get out once last week before all this rain hit and I was able to get on a stationary bike yesterday which is nice Um, so I'm back to the gym working out trying to keep uh, some semblance of uh, fitness Um, I still have a lot of weight to lose which is not coming off like I would like it to, um, but yeah, I'll just keep keep trying to, to stay active and hopefully the fat will do what the fat does. Uh, so yeah, going into the rainy season, if, if you've ever lived in a country with a monsoon season, uh, it's not a great time for those of us who've lived in sunnier climes. Uh, and I lived for a long time in the southwest. I'm from the Midwest, I don't even know what Oklahoma is, mid-southwest, uh, but I've lived in, from the Midwest to the southwest and then right in, right in between those two, more or less, uh, and it's a pretty sunny area. You know, we don't get um, a month or six weeks of solid rain, right? That's not something that happens. Uh, where I'm from and in fact in New Mexico where I lived which is a very arid climate uh, almost no rain throughout the year you get a little rain little snow but not much right not much Uh, and you can pretty much count on the fact that you're gonna see the Sun uh, and some blue sky uh, at least during part of the day Um, and and for whatever reason I seem to react negatively to darker climate, like, uh, or darker climate, darker not the right word. Um, rain and clouds, right? Uh, when I can't see the sun, when I can't see the blue sky, it does something to my, to my spirit, right? Uh, and what I mean is my spirits, I guess, my, my mood... I don't think it changes my, my eternal spirit, but it does, it does uh, do something to my mood. And you know, I've, I've heard people talk about how much they like the rain and things like this. And I, I just do not in any way, shape or form identify with those people at all. It's not that I haven't ever spent a nice rainy day, you know, there are times I suppose. Uh, but in general, it's not it's not the fact that it was raining that I liked. Uh, but more, um, you know, some of the, the warm, cozy stuff you can do indoors during rain uh, that probably made those um, experiences pleasant. Uh, so, yeah, here we are probably at the beginning of the rainy season, which has come early this year. And it's, it's sort of like, you know, a foreboding, knowing that you're heading into a very dark time. This is my... 26th year in Japan, and again, roughly half my life—about half my life—I've been here now. And my vers- my very first rainy season was really tough, uh, having a not just a month of, of um, cloudiness and and you know uh, hum- humidity and rain. Uh, muggy, you know, general muggy dampness, um, but also having lived in a bigger city. So when I first moved here, we lived in Mito, and in Mito the buildings are just a bit higher, uh, and so you're kind of in a concrete jungle in a sense, uh, and you even if the, the sun is shining, you're still going to be in a lot of shadow during the day. Uh, and I lived kind of in the downtown area, very much in the downtown area. And so uh, that first year was especially tough. You know, I worked in a fairly dark office. uh, There were a lot of other reasons that that first year was fairly dark, but uh, certainly that first rainy season was tough for me. Uh, And probably one of the reasons why now I've moved out in the country where I can see a little bit more sky uh, a little bit more sun when the sun is shining. Uh, and, you know, I feel like I have much better uh, experiences because of all that. Um, yeah, so... What it reminded me when I was thinking of the weather just a few minutes ago was also the idea of spiritual darkness, right? The the idea that you don't feel... Uh, as connected to God as you once were, uh, or you don't feel uh, as if um, he exists, at least not as vividly, perhaps, as you once did. Uh, You wonder, you start to doubt, right? Um, We do have dark spiritual times, and, and actually, you know, I'd say probably in the last three or four years, that's probably where I've been if I'm completely honest. Um, It's not that there haven't been bright spots here and there, um, but I think I have, I have been tasked with uh, um, having my faith, um, depending upon my faith, while not experiencing the presence of God as much. And I think that's part of my, uh, probably the, um, my path toward greater maturity. Uh, I just don't feel like on a day-to-day basis that I experience Jesus in ways that I once did. Now, you know, I've talked about this before. This is not the first time we've talked about you know things called the dark night of the soul, or you know there are other other uh, other things that has been called, but it is a phenomenon that has been well documented down through the centuries. That sometimes it feels as if God has forsaken you, uh, or that He has gone away completely, altogether, uh, and. And I know that there are people out there who have experienced this. Sometimes it's an event that uh, just catapults you into this, um, this um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, mode, right? To go into the dark night of the soul mode. Sometimes it's something uh, catastrophic that happens that rocks you to your core. And then sometimes it's just little things built up uh, and uh, consecutive that that just push you slowly farther and farther uh, into the darkness that you don't necessarily notice. Uh, and you know, it's hard to know, and I don't think there is a uh, formula that everybody follows to get there. But I do know that, that almost everybody I know at some point has been to a dark place, right? Been in a dark place. And sometimes that's prolonged for weeks or months or even years, uh, which is what is called the dark night of the soul. And it's, it's not a great place to be. And I suppose some people lose their faith Altogether together during these times. I suppose that's, that's a possibility. Um, and I do know though, that if you will persevere through that time, that on the other side you will have a stronger um, faith, one that's based uh, more in the truth of who Jesus is uh, and and what he's doing in the world and what part you have to play in that. Um, and, and I do know also that if you will persevere, you will have great empathy for others who enter into this dark time. Uh, and people need to know, especially if it's their first time in the darkness and they don't know that it's a, you know, they don't know about the history of these dark nights. I think people need to know that that you're okay with them going through this, and that you are going to be with them as they go through this, uh, and and uh, that um, the relationships that can develop because of that kind of commitment that we can have for one another also will help us endure the dark night uh, and and to emerge. Um, perhaps stronger than we were before. And I, I don't think that can be a bad thing. You know, as a, as a father, uh, we are constantly trying to walk the line between uh, providing for our children and teaching our children to provide for themselves. Right? Um, we're constantly having to walk that line. You know, at what point uh, should I just give my child what they need or what they want? And at what point should I allow them to feel the tension between uh, having and not having what they need or what they want? And then working out how to get there. And perhaps working out how to persevere through the disappointment of not receiving that thing at all. Right, that there, there's this constant give and take between loving and disciplining, and discipline must be grounded in love. Right, and for and for God, I believe it is. Right, um, of course, everything everything that God is or God does is grounded in love. For us, not necessarily, not always. Uh, and, you know, there, there are other lessons to be learned uh, than just receiving what it is we ask for or what it is we want. Such as, you know, the, the empathy of other people who don't have what they need or what they want and how we can be instrumental in helping them um, receive those things. Right? So even as we may be disappointed because we're not receiving what we want. We can learn the lesson of love that says even if we are not receiving what we want, we can help other people receive what they have. We can become an instrument in the hands of God to help alleviate the pain and suffering of others. Um, And I I think the dark night is one of the ways that we are disciplined into this much greater way of being in the world uh, which is being part of giving and not just receiving yeah so um, sorry I'm just looking at this house and it's really cute I guess they just rebuilt it huh I like it <laughs> uh, yeah so the way of being in the world um is important right because this is how we show ourselves to be disciples of Jesus that we love others as he loved us right And so when we experience the dark night it doesn't it doesn't mean that we are being judged by God or judged by Jesus uh, now I'm not saying that there might not be something that we can do to, to open up the pathways again uh, back to God, uh, there, there may indeed be some things that we can do uh, or that we are doing that are not helpful in maintaining the relationship with God. For example, if there, if there are things in our life that we uh, ought not be doing or that we can do that's better than what we have been doing uh, exploring those things and being open to the things, uh, is very important. And I, you know, I can think of things in my life right now that probably are things that, uh, are getting in the way of, of hearing the voice of God as much as I'd like to. Um, but it, it's not, you know, you, we have to be really cautious in a sense, um, because we can easily slip into this idea that that thing has made God unpleased with me. That somehow uh, that thing has damaged the way God feels about me. And I don't think slipping into uh, any, uh, any form of, of shame uh, is going to be helpful. So we need to be uh, very careful that we understand that, that the things we do uh, that perhaps are not helpful in um, helping our relationship with God flourish. At the same time, that that's going to be something that's from our side and not from the side of Jesus. Jesus loves us as much as He's ever loved us. And of course, He wants us to have a greater, um, more vibrant, more active relationship uh, conversation with him. And there are things that I think can get in the way of that conversation. But from his point of view, he has forgiven all of our sins uh, and does not hold our sins against us any longer. And so we want to maintain that mindset that says, yes, there are things that I can do better in my life, uh, but I have complete faith and trust in the love of Jesus, and that I know that no matter what I do, uh, He loves me the same and has prepared a place for me, uh, has, has opened His home to me. Uh, and so the things that I want to fix in my life are just things, you know, obstacles that I want to remove uh, so that I can have a, a, a less encumbered uh, conversation with Jesus. and. And I think that's a that's an okay place to be, right? Um, but no matter how dark our night gets, uh, we need to uh, constantly remind ourselves how bright the love of God is. You know, um, his his light never stops shining upon us. You know, we may put up obstacles of that light, but that light is always there right it always exists and he'll never take it away yeah so um but the dark night of the soul is not is not something that is always of your doing i don't believe there are things that happen that because we are human uh that will just put us in a dark place um, Now, if I say, you know, if I say I'm in the dark night of the soul now, you know, that's only relative to the darkness that I've ever experienced up to this point. And so, you know, my dark night of the soul may be pretty darn bright compared to uh, somebody else's dark night. And I acknowledge that. Um, So all I know is in relation to what I've felt. You know, perhaps I've heard other people talk about their dark nights, but that doesn't mean that I understand just how dark it felt to them, right? Uh, And I think that's another area in which we can exercise uh, grace, right? To give people the benefit of the doubt, uh, no pun intended, uh, that their dark night is is indeed dark for them, right? And so it gives us a, a great opportunity to be gracious with them, and patient with them, uh, and uh, to endure with them uh, through their dark night, in as much as it's possible for us to enter into their dark night. Um, and so, you know, even as I'm on the on the cusp of this rainy season in Japan, this monsoon season, where I know it's going to have some dark days like it is right now, I mean, it's it's darkish outside. Uh, it's more like, you know, 6 PM, uh, right around, right after the sun has gone down is kind of what it feels like now. Uh, and there's a heaviness in the air, right? Uh, I think, I think we can liken, um, our dark nights, uh, as you know, a, a dark and heavy, uh, kind of existence. Um, where we don't see the light, it's hard for us to glimpse the light, um, and so we have to rely on our faith during these times, right? And even as we endure and are able to grow through each dark night that we, uh, each dark night that we experience, it helps us to be able to endure many dark nights ahead, and perhaps those dark nights will be darker than anything we've ever experienced. And perhaps we have to enter into someone else's dark night, uh, that because we have endured a few, uh, will help us uh, bolster them, to support them, so that they can better endure their dark nights. Uh, I don't think we talk enough about empathy uh, in Christian circles. Uh, this idea of co-suffering and perhaps the reason is that we don't uh, we don't talk about how much Jesus is co-suffering with us Uh, and I've you know I've talked about this a little bit before um, that of course Jesus came to earth as a man and he co-suffered with us and that he, he lived a similar type of life as us but without sin and he eventually uh, died a gruesome death. Uh, and he suffered. He co-suffered with us. But I think he endured this dark night of the soul, if you will, so that he could co-suffer with us through the rest of our lives. Right? That we can have the confidence that, that he is co-suffering with us even now. And part of that, part of the evidence of that, Evidence may not be the right word. You can be the judge. Uh, part of the evidence of that is that His Holy Spirit uh, is is in us and living in us, like we we have an indwelling Spirit, right? Uh, that He chose to live inside of us, even now. Um, now we can debate whether or not. Uh, there's a point in our lives in which the Holy Spirit actually enters us or if or if the Holy Spirit has always been there right is always in us and and this kind of um, I don't even meta spiritual <laughs> I don't even know if, if there's a word for it. I suppose I suppose metaphysical works as well but th- this kind of um, intricate, and impossible to know completely uh, spiritual um, exploration, I suppose, of just what it means to have be body, soul, and spirit. And what does it mean to have the Spirit of God living in us, the Holy Spirit. And and what is the difference between the Holy Spirit and the, the Spirit of man. Uh, and how do those uh, two things... Um, coincide and cohabitate and uh, connect, right? How does all that work? Um, these are things that we really can't know, but we, we talk about nonetheless, right? Because because we, we want to have a greater idea of, of the mechanism, the spiritual mechanisms at work in us, even though perhaps we can't know Uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt how it all works put all that aside uh, there you know um, the way that the spirit works in us uh, and co-suffers with us and really um, resolves to be with us through whatever we experience right To me, that idea of the Holy Spirit indwelling us means that He is so intricately and intimately involved in our mind and heart and soul and spirit that He suffers everything that we suffer, right? That that let every man uh, ignore our suffering, but the Holy Spirit cannot and will not ever be able to ignore our suffering. And in that sense, the dark night is just a bit brighter, knowing that, hey, the Holy Spirit is with me, and He's suffering through this with me. Uh, he's enduring my doubt, and, and and He will not leave me. Whether I feel His presence or not, He's there. Uh, and and that's just who He is, right? That's, that's the... That's the person um, that he is uh, in his character, right? He could not be other. He could not be other than that. Uh, and in that sense, even if we feel the world has forsaken us, uh, we know that the Holy Spirit is with us uh, and is suffering with us uh, and is going to, in life, or in death, or after death, is going to pull us out of this suffering, Um, but nonetheless is suffering with us, has chosen to suffer with us, to co-suffer. This idea of empathy, I think, is something that we don't give Jesus enough credit for, and therefore, perhaps, we don't aspire enough too. Uh, and so um, I think I think one of the ways that we uh, can endure the darkness is to try to bring light to someone else's darkness, even even as we are in the darkness. And it's again, I don't want to put, make that as a shame thing. You may be in such a dark place that that is impossible. That that is completely unthinkable and impossible and cannot happen right now, and I understand that. So, if if you are in that kind of a place, I'm sorry for you. Uh, I pray that Jesus will pull you from that, from that place as soon as possible. Um, I pray that uh, what other what whatever spiritual uh, powers that be, whatever whatever principalities. Um, exists that are contributing to, to your darkness, that that they will be convinced to loosen their grip on you, that uh, and I want you to know that Jesus is working tirelessly, that He does not want you to be in this place, um, that this is something. This is suffering that you are experiencing, that he wishes you were not. And that he is doing everything he can to help alleviate that suffering. And I know that doesn't sound necessarily comforting to those who have a certain paradigm of Jesus. But just know that your suffering is valuable. That it's, it's going to, in the long run, even as it seems impossible... In the long run, it's going to be to your good, to your benefit, and to the benefit of people around you, believe it or not. I know there, there are some pretty dark things that we can do, uh, some pretty bad things, let's put it that way, that we may be involved in. Um, but Jesus understands that too. You know, he, he just doesn't understand the things that happen to us that are out of our control. He understands the the things that happen to us that are in our control, but somehow we can't control it. He understands all of it. Um, And there is hope for you. There is a lot more than hope for you. Um, So as we endure these dark nights, let us endure them together. Uh, Let us give each other the benefit of the doubt. Let us um, be patient and co-suffer with each other. Because in doing this, we reflect our Christ. We we show ourselves to be true disciples of Jesus through our ability to co-suffer with one another. You know, we've been through a lot these last couple years. All of us without question. Um, uh, Whether it's, you know, with COVID-19, whether it's through losing jobs because of that. um, A lot of stuff has happened. We've had this political upheaval that's been going on the last 10 5 10 15 years um, politically sp- speaking politically speaking politici- politically speaking uh, the west and the people of the west are becoming greater and greater Uh, more and more divided, I guess is the best way to say that. There seems to be a greater and greater chasm between us. And there doesn't really seem to be an end inside of that. And perhaps that's contributing to your dark night. Uh, Perhaps you have an illness, or somebody close to you has an illness. Maybe somebody suffers from depression, or you suffer from depression. Many things can can give us fear and and cause us to enter into these dark, dark nights. And fear is not the only thing that will push us into a dark night, right? There's loss, there's sadness. And like I said, sometimes whatever pushed you there is in, imperceivable because it, uh, imperceivable, in, in imperceptible. Not sure which word's correct. Uh, because it happened little by little over time. And you didn't even notice that you had slipped into a dark night, but one day you woke up and realized that you couldn't see, that it was dark. Whatever it is, uh, I pray that you will have the strength to endure. Uh, and and I know, I'm confident that you will be better on the other side of this. Um, in life or in death. Uh, and... I hope that I can suffer with you, that I will have the strength to co-suffer with you and that in my suffering, somebody will be able to suffer with me. Um, The dark night of the soul is real folks and it's not your fault. Okay, It's it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um. Yeah, I don't know how else to say it. I, I I know that there are some things that we can do, perhaps that makes our nights darker. Um, but I think I can say confidently that it's not our fault because we're not held accountable for it because. Jesus is taking care of all of that at the cross. He's shown us that he loves us completely, even up to taking his own life to prove it. Uh, and in, in light of that, what, what can we say is our fault? What are we, we responsible for? Um, but through strength, he can give us the uh, strength to endure And not only to endure, but to transform into something more beautiful. His love will transform us. It will. All of us. At some point or another, we will be transformed uh, to the ideal that we have stuck in our head of who we should be and what we want to be. It will happen. So until that time, I pray that you endure. I pray that you endure. And I pray that you have people who are ready to endure with you. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next time. Bye-bye.